We just out here skating, you know, every day we do so. Let's fucking sir! Let's go! We in this bitch. I really didn't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is modern day hippie shit. In three, two, one, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of MDH TV. I'm here, you know, with with a guy. If if y'all, you know, subscribe to our YouTube channel. If not, go subscribe to that MDH TV. But he's been on there a couple of times. You know, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Ray Gerd. What up? How you doing, man? Good, good. It's a nice cold ass Sunday here in Bethlehem, man. Yeah, so so Ray, um, you know, I met him working at FedEx, you know, at our job, and um, you know, um, he he was just really different from everybody, and that that's what initially attracted me to him. Um, he well, I'm gonna let you let him tell about himself, but he owns a skateboarding company, um, and he just has this energy and you know this drive about him that you know, it's really rare in the world. So, yeah, you just want to tell the people about yourself, you know, what you're into, um, a little bit about your skateboarding course, just really what, whatever, you know, who is Ray Gers? Yeah, who is Ray Gers? Uh, a dorky white dude who's old, who doesn't let go of his childhood dreams. It's basically it, for real. Um, I own Lost Soul Skateboards for 15 years, so I basically... It's a small DIY skateboard company that I've had here in Pennsylvania. Um, I've played in so many bands since 2000. And right now I'm in a band called Wipes. Uh, I play bass and vocals. And we just released an album, like literally just dropped in November on Hex Records. Uh, I do art. far around with all that stuff. Uh, I just had an art show in Japan during the month, this month of December at a trope uh vintage shop it's like a female and male vintage shop but i had like 30 art pieces in there uh shit i don't know i've been skating a lot I've been skating since like the 80s and uh i don't know this i just like to do cool shit that i think is cool that's really about it yeah he also an author um, oh shit author. yeah yeah my bad so I did release a, a book just a few weeks ago. My I I'm an author now, so it's kind of weird to say that. But I just like uh yeah, it's a children's book called Jacob and Ridley, and the second one just came out. Um I don't know. It's a five-book series published by the Bethlehem Library here in Pennsylvania. And yeah, I don't know. I just like to do stuff. It's basically what I get down down with. Yeah, you know, and and you hear, you know, the things that you're doing i bet like the people listening are like whoa this guy's so cool he skateboards um you know we got a lot of people who love skateboarding that listen um he owns a skateboarding company he's an author he's a yada yada all this and um i think oh he's in bands dropping albums and shit and i feel like a lot of people in life you know you're talking about um you're just an old dude that never let go of his dreams 
And a lot of people, you know, they just get hit down by life so much that they lose out of those dreams. So when they hear somebody that's doing these things, they really can't believe it. What what how how do you still keep this childlike um belief in yourself? Or even if it I don't really think it's childlike, but how do you keep this belief in yourself to keep going and just do whatever F you want, no matter who's in the way or what anybody's telling you? Like especially when so many people just my age have already lost that. So a long time ago, I think like I decided that this world is really shitty and the only things that make me super happy are music, art, and meeting people because, I mean, a long time ago I was in the military and I was like, I had to meet people who did not speak the English language and we became friends from skateboarding. So I just like decided to, I think like I just get so happy and I get so juiced and stoked when I just get to do the stuff I like. And I also work a normal job. I mean, like you said, where we work yeah. and stuff, it's just like, there's a lot of things that people will always put you down and say, you, oh, this is like a waste of time or like, uh, you're never going to grow up and you're never going to make something of yourself. But like, if you're just putting out stuff and you're happy about it to me, you are doing cool stuff. Like you are doing something with your life. So you can't always listen to people. Not everyone's going to have your same vision. You know what I'm saying? So I always think like, um, they're going to find those people who are totally dope and into it, but then there's going to be those ones that are going to be like, Oh, you're dumb. You're just wasting your yeah. time. And it's, and it's like, who cares? Yeah. And, and like when you're like supercharged, like, like me and Ray are, it's like, you almost come to appreciate those people who are just straight up, like, who cares about it? Because a lot of people, a lot of times, you know, they'll just act like they're about it or act like they're really about it when they're, you know, in reality, you know, they're really not with what they say they are. And I think that's like the most frustrating thing, at least for me on this, you know, um, you know, road less travel journey that I'm now going on especially with music and just life in general, is that, you know, you hear and see so many people, you know, trying to shoot you down. And once you, you know, have got them out of your head where it's like, all right, I don't even care what y'all think. You find those few people who are think it's dope or are down with it. And then they find a way to let you down. I want to ask you, you know, have you, how how do you deal with adversity as far as, and believing in someone and, believing in an idea or believing in something and it not going the way that you thought it would go jeez i mean that just it just happened with like a, a tour that i helped schedule um it's hard because you have to put yourself all the way in or it's never gonna work when i mean all the way in i mean like 100 and like 50 percent in where all you think about is and, and you're not thinking you're cooler than anyone else, but you want, if you want a project to work, like if you want a children's book to come out, you have to draw it. You have to write it. You have to think about the theme. And to me, that's like what like separates a lot of people because if it's up to you, a lot of people, it's easier to bail out of a project and say, oh, it's just too hard. Or like in skateboarding, it's too hard. This trick's too hard to film and or I'm scared to do this drop in. I don't know. But I think like, like you said it before, Tommy, it's just like the confidence, like if you don't have confidence and we talk about this all the time, it's just like, 
then what are you doing with yourself? You know what I mean? Like for real, like, what are you doing? Like, you're literally just, do you, are you embarrassed about who you are? Or are you like, are you insecure? You know, I mean, some, I, I don't think I'm the coolest dude. At but, all. but even like, you know, and I, I want to definitely um unpack that a little more, but even like going back to what you said, like, what are you doing? Like, if you don't have confidence, that means you don't have, you're probably not doing what you want to do if you don't have confidence in yourself. So really ask yourself, like, what are you doing? Whose rule are you living by? Who's pushing you along? Because it's not yourself because you don't have confidence in yourself. I think, you know, that's a big thing that a lot of people who lack, you know, this drive or lack belief in themselves really need to ask themselves. It's like, if I'm insecure every day, if I'm one way or another, somebody has to be pushing me forward, some idea. And if it's not yours because you don't have confidence in yourself, you need to figure out what it is. And a lot of time it's something you're not going to like, but. And at your, at a young age, you don't know. I mean, a lot of people don't know what they're into. It, it took me to like my later twenties to like figure out like, all right, well, like skateboarding's it. Skateboarding and art. I think like that's my shit and like playing music. And am I going to be some glorious, huge dude? No, I'm just going to put out music that like, I just want to be like, I want people to listen. I want people to read. I want people to touch. I want, I, I want I want to affect everyone's lives. So it's just like my goal is to inspire to do cool stuff with my friends around. And that's how like it's always been like for years. You can ask anyone like I've lost so much money on tours. I've never re regained my money back from plane tickets to Japan. You know what I mean? But it's just like but there's experiences that will literally last you a lifetime yeah. where like you did it. Did you know what you were going to do? You're like, ah, I kind of had an idea. And then you experience it and you get back when you get home or you come back in the house and you close the door and you're like, damn, that was like a good day. And that's kind of the feeling I like to chase. Like yeah. that really good feeling. Like, like that feeling after, you know, after the thousandth try, you finally land that trick and yeah. roll away. And it's like, wow, bro, you're like, bro, seriously. Yes. Yeah. I did that shit. Yes. Yeah. And that's what skateboarding's taught me. Like, you will fail so many times. You, you will, it, it, not everything, not when the first thing you touch is going to be like the, oh, this is the golden ticket for my, no, it's consistency. It's like, uh, I mean, like putting yourself out there in a very tasteful way. And like, you're not looking for like super handouts. You figure out a way to make everything work. You know, like I don't got no investors. Everyone thinks I'm all full of money or I'm like some like hedge fund kid, dude or no. I'm just a blue collar dude that works. That's yeah. it. And um, one of these days on the channel, we're going to show y'all his little workspace. Um, oh, Jesus. Yeah. We're, we're I'm trying not to clean it up until you come over. All right. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's, that's what it's always been. And I'm just like, I think like you just have to have that desire to make use of your time. And I don't want to talk about politics. I don't want to talk about church and state. I just want to do cool things yeah and that's it that's I mean that's literally it yeah yeah and I think you know that that's like somehow like as a society just as humanity we've gotten away from thinking that's like the most important or one of the most important things is cool shit that's like you know I have this quote or not quote um it's actually a quote I've I made up I want to you know I'll write I think of like quotable things every now and again and um 
just such stuff I can like write in a book and people can like take that as a quote, like sentence like that. And I was like, maturity is realizing that there's no such thing as child of being childish. Yeah, that's tight, dude. You know, yeah, yeah that's hard, tight, like that's that. Yeah, I like and it. I, I think like, you know, we're taught to grow up and like stop doing the things I like you like. Like I'm sure you've been told so many times, um, you're however old, you need to stop skateboarding yeah. or or you need to stop trying to do music. You need to be be serious. And it's like, you know, a lot of the time those you're being told that by people who live in an echo chamber of people who don't believe in themselves. So they think that's how the world is. They think that's what being grown up is. They don't think that they can be that superstar or forget being a superstar. They don't think that they can make an album because they're not Drake or or whatever. And it's like, you know, Ray is living proof that you can do that. I ain't going to lie. You know, Ray, he was a big inspiration to me. He helped me, you know, um, without even knowing through like a really dark time in my life, just by showing me that there's a way to do this shit unconventionally and not follow all the rules and still, you know, stay true to yourself and get it done. You know, like you said, he's been to Japan. He's been all across the world doing doing all this shit and it's not like he has money backing him it's just he makes those necessary sacrifices to do the cool shit he wants to get done you know so yeah for real like you could have all that uh non-essential stuff like i could have like sick clothes or i could have like i could live like a movie star and spend all this on this pay all this paper go out to eat every day but i'm like nah i'm kind of gonna like save it i'm gonna save it because like i have a vision and like my vision is like i'm gonna go do this stuff and what am i gonna do i ain't gonna ask and beg family for money i'm gonna beg my homies to support my habits of like going out and doing stuff and it's like i'm gonna work and pay for it myself because it's like at the end of the day it like makes me feel so much better that like i handle my business like i'm not begging someone that like uh hey i just really need this extra money to do this no um I can do production level stuff at my standards and like, you know, like you can make video edits, like you can, you can skate tricks, you can film. It's just like, everything's really do it yourself when it comes to me. Cause like kind of have to, you know yeah. it. I mean, you know it from this, like you want stuff done. You just can't wait and can't rely on people. Yeah. It sucks. Like you, you, so what do you do? You just do it. Exactly. Because you got to realize in life, everybody's on a different timeline. So, you know, you can't be mad that you're farther ahead than some people. Like, that's just a kudos to you. You know, you're you're more farther down your timeline than they are. So it's like you can either wait on them and, you know, hope that they get to that point, which they might never get to, or you can take it upon yourself. But I'll say one thing that I figured out already is that, I don't want to look back when I'm 40, 50, 60, 70, about on my deathbed and be like, dang, I didn't make this happen. Because it's not going to be, oh, so-and-so didn't want to do this, so it's their fault this shit didn't happen. Or It's going to be like, no, I didn't make this happen. Because a lot of the time, people like to make excuses, you know, for things like, I'm victim of it. Everybody's victim of it. Um I got excuses all the time for why I can't get a video, even though I waste a lot of time um, during the day. Excuses for why I haven't put music out, you know, just excuses on top of excuses. When at the end of the day, I know with the abilities and talents I got, if this if this shit don't get popping, it's only my fault because 
I didn't put in the necessary work and put um take the necessary risks, make the necessary sacrifices to make this happen. And I feel like that you know that's a lot of time with money. Um, time is the biggest one with me when people are like yeah. I don't got enough time or yeah, it's like dog, dog you, like, you have all day like you, you have twenty four hours in a day. You're yeah. not doing you. Show me how every hour of that day. All right, take the eight hours off for for sleep, even though you probably won't use five. Then take take the eight hours off for work. You got about seventeen hours left, sixteen to seventeen hours left, and or eight eight to uh, twelve hours left. Like, what are you doing at that time? And most people are just sitting, laying in their bed, relaxing. It's like, do you deserve that time? Do you deserve the time to relax? Because if you're not where you envision yourself, if you're not where your younger self envisioned you to be, then there's still work to be done. You feel me? Yeah. And I think like, uh, yeah, it's, it all always comes down to like, okay, not everyone can get on my schedule. Not everyone can meet up. Not everyone can play this show or I can't get this art. That, but in, if you really, really want it to happen, like you really do, like I do, like I really want stuff to happen i just focus and i make dates and i tell myself timelines and you know some of you guys might be like listening to the songs while you're at work or chilling but to me i'm running through my brain timelines all the time because that's how stuff gets done yeah and i'm like there's a punch in but when i punch in my punch in time is the start of a talk of a project but i don't punch out until the project's complete but even when the project's complete, I still know there's more work to do. I still got to stay punched in. So it's yeah. just like, you can... How do you avoid, um, you know, overload of stress or burnout? You know, how do you avoid that? Because I'm not going to lie, that's like a real thing or a real... It's, it might not be a real thing, but that's a problem that I've had. It's like, you know, and, and kind of how I deal with it is, you know, kind of like how you, especially at work, it's like, I'll have um spans where like I'm chill, I'm just talking, listening to music, not really doing something. But once I like start having my headphones on, I'm starting to listen to music. And while I listen to music, it's kind of like studying, like flow patterns, um, beats and shit. And then I'm going through my songs, memorizing my lyrics, writing lyrics, and I'm kind of on a path to get this idea out. And then after that, I give myself like a week and a half hiatus at as far as like um my brain, not even probably not even a week out, probably like a week probably or something, of like my brain, I'll give it time to like not focus on the um planning or or construction aspect, so I don't get that burnout. So like, do you struggle with burnout ever, or or how do you deal with you know the burnout aspect? So like when I hit the wall, yeah, it's like mad hard. So there's days where everything's cool everything's flowing everything's nice and then I get like the tires are popped and I'm like damn I'm stuck here and I'm like what do I do like right now I I'm stuck in a position with band stuff and it's driving me crazy but it's like I gotta keep thinking about the other I kind of I think it's like what is it? everyone always says like oh you're like a renaissance man you're like uh you like basically like a master of nothing and that's kind of true because I have none, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I have like I think I have like certain things. So when you have so many things going on at once that are different, you can just rotate and you put which one it's kind of like, 
it's almost like a mental chalk, uh, like a pegboard where you can pick which one is more important. And then you have like statuses where you stare at it and you go, okay, I just come back. So when I'm at work, sometimes I just zone out and I just work and I don't talk to anyone or think about anything because that's like my time to chill. And I just want to okay. like, do a good job of my job. But as soon as I punch out, I know I have like a schedule then. So then I start my, which days are appointed to which projects or like right now I'm like, I mean, seriously, it's dead of winter and I'm still filming outside for like a grip tape uh, video part that I have to put out. So I'm like, I have that going on. I'm planning like band stuff. It's crazy enough. Like I'm already seeing like stuff that can happen all the way up until October, but it's like, I'm not perfect. I do have those days where I'm just like, dude, this is sucks. Like I got to step away, but it's a simple raking the leaves. Like I'll go outside and like, but when there was stuff to do, I just go do it and I just let everything out and like don't think about it for a second. Because when you come back, you come back juiced. Yeah. You know, you get mad stoked. So it's okay to step away, but I don't step away for a long time because then I don't, then, then like my interests won't, it's still back there. Like, oh, I got to attack this thing. But I'm also like, you know what? I'm going to need like a day. Like I can take a day off. I work all the time. I mean, if you really think about it, the way you and I are doing it, we work seven days a week, 24 hours a day. And like today is my day off. But what was I doing? Work. Uh, working. I was up at 6 a.m. painting ornaments that I'm making like limited edition for the brand. And then I'm like also like, all right, well, I got to do some web posts. So I know it's dumb, but I'm just like, oh, well, yeah. I mean, this is what I got to do. Like, I got to remind people that you're out there and doing it. And then it's just like, all right, I'm going to check out for a few hours and go yeah. home. And I'm here. You know what I mean? Literally, like, for me, when I go to work or my job to where I get money from, where I get paid right now, that's that's my time off almost because I was up 6 a.m. today finishing this um championship basketball video that's about to come out. Um, Then after that, around from, like, 8 to 2, I was um recording, learn how to master and mix songs um from this dude from our job, Josh. Shout out to him. He's gonna be on the pod soon. And um after that I had to do another pod before you came with the home. So I've been literally just in this chair working all day. I haven't a haven't done nothing. And it's like when I go to work, my job to get money, that's my time off because I can just give my brain a break. Yeah. Like, I can just be like it's, all right i just gotta move these boxes for yeah right now. it's totally cool to do some mundane working physical activity yeah. to get you away from your passion you, i mean you have to yeah but you have to remember like but you still got to come back in so it's just like are you ready some people i don't know i feel like that that's a lot of people's problem they don't think they deserve what they really want or they don't rip the back to the belief thing but I think it's really um, the they're not ready for it or they don't think they deserve it. And I think that's where I was, you know, this year, um, especially just with everything with, you know, all these goals and stuff I set my, for myself with the channel, with the podcast and everything. And, uh, you know, I kept, you know, I felt like I was trying my hardest to meet these songs, um, release dates and all these things, but I realized like I didn't I felt like I didn't deserve that next step. I didn't deserve that jump that I feel like I now deserve that I'm about to make. And um 
you know, in that you can like self-sabotage and it really like self-sabotage it. It's a, it's a little thing, you know, it happens just in the moment. So you can, instead of going to edit a video or, or record a song or paint a painting or ornament or whatever, you can go and lay on the couch and watch this show. And then that show turns into three shows and that three shows turns into you falling asleep. And now you got to go to your real job now you're tired from the real job and that that's how you self-sabotage and it it becomes a cycle like that so you know I think Ray Ray's really giving y'all a lot of jewels you know a lot of great things um for us to think about and and really focus on you know I really want to get more into knowing you knowing a little more about how you grew up how you came to get this mindset of you know, fuck it, I'm gonna do what I want, fuck everybody else, because that's essentially what you gotta say. Um, so so let's take it back, you know, skateboarding. Um, how did you find the love of skateboarding? How did you find skateboarding? Well, I had like uh a, a stepbrother in nineteen eighty seven, maybe eighty-six. How, how old were you? Damn, I was like mad young, maybe eleven or twelve. And uh it was the eighties for me. So when I'm watching skateboarding just got mad hot. And, uh, I'm, it's crazy, but he literally, I, I came out of the house and I was hanging out and I went to go visit my aunt, my aunt Evelyn, rest in peace. I love, I like one of my biggest supporters ever. She had, uh, this, uh, my half brother, I didn't even know. I just thought it was some random dude, but he came out of the house and literally took two pushes in the driveway, grabbed his board, jumped off the back trunk of the car in the air landed on the board on the ground and then pushed away and literally i was just like caveman yes but i've never seen anything like that in my entire life i love the caveman so it came out of nowhere and i tell everyone like that's what made me want to do it and then i think i became so in love with skateboarding because i was awful like i was so bad i got fucked up all the time i always rolled my ankles I had scars all the time. I had so much hydrogen peroxide poured on all my wounds that like my skin was turning different colors because it was <laughs> just like so bad all the time. But I was like, I became obsessed. Like, I and I still am like so obsessed about like learning and learning new tricks. Maybe this like, I think like figuring out stuff is like really cool. And I still am excited about that. Yeah. So you just like, yeah, it was just literally a dude jumping off of the trunk of a car and then cavemaning onto his board. And I literally was just like, I want to learn how to do this. How, how have you seen, you know, and I well, you know, speak a little more about how you skateboard. You skate in a more unorthodox way, um, in a DIY way. So um, almost with skating, and, you know, skating is already very DIY. So like, you know, how did you find your necessary lane of skating and if y'all are wondering you know he got a lot of skate videos out um check out lost skateboard or lost soul skateboards on instagram and, and uh, youtube and you can see what i'm talking about with he he skates a lot of crazy spots that you wouldn't think anybody could skate or anybody would want to skate and he does a lot of you know real peculiar but very cool tricks um also you know quick plug i was in you know i got a filming credit and you know a little trick in this and in this what video. remains yeah, yeah that's what's remains. up yeah. that's when we were like right when we first met it was awesome yeah so like 
I found that I used to skate rails. I used to skate steps. Uh, I used to do all this stuff. And then I was like, I'm not going to lie. I literally felt like I was skateboarding for everyone else because that's what was like everyone expected you to do. Everyone expected you to just do rails. Everyone expected you to just do steps, gaps. And I was getting like really fucked up and like really destroyed. And then I've had some like horrific, terrible accidents where like, I don't think anyone enjoys waking up in an ambulance after you smash your forehead. No. So I was doing stuff for the wrong reasons. And it got to a point where like, what am I doing? Like, should I just, so I'll never forget like the day I actually called all my sponsors after my, I had like a terrible year. Imagine like you fracture your tailbone and you tear your urethra and you have a pee bag from Easter all the way till August. And then you still have to do a tour with a pee bag with your band. And then you come home and then you go on vacation with your girlfriend and you end up in an ambulance in like North Carolina or South Carolina. I can't remember. And uh, yeah, from smacking my fucking temple so hard on the Mm. ground. But it's just like I was skating for like everyone else's acceptance instead of just doing it for me. And then it just got really like. I don't know. I was just like, I'm tired of doing what everyone else wants me to do. I'm just going to do me. And then when you watch a few videos... How old were you when you like kind of went through that? Oh, that was around 27. 27. Yeah, because yeah, that was a... That's also like... It, you guys... I mean, you know, everyone has hard times. But if you want to talk about destroying your tailbone and breaking your tailbone and tearing your urethra, that means... I couldn't pee normally for fucking Easter. To, what was that? April, May, June, July, August. So like almost six months, I had a pee bag and I had to continue to work. I had to continue to like pretend everything's normal. I was still skating because I had to film video parts. Uh, then like you hit your head and then your girlfriend's screaming at you. though like how frustrated she is that you like you're in an ambulance and like you don't remember what you're doing you repeat the same how did i, I guess i didn't land it I, I i think she said i said it close to 200 times yeah so and then like the next year i got diagnosed with testicular cancer so like whenever someone always complains about my life's been mad hard i'm like okay it, tell me how hard it's been because i've had hell like but it's just like that's what i want like i want skating to be in my life so yeah. when it, but right when the cancer thing happened, it was like uh, the 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 easiest one to have. It was like a stage one. It wasn't like a stage four. So it was just like, all right, if I can get through this, I'm going to call everyone and tell them what I need to do with my life. And if the sponsors let me go, they let me go. It's cool. I had a good time. But I'm just like, I'm going to do me now. And if you don't like the trick selection or like you don't like my vision and what I want to do, it's just like, well, then maybe I'm not, I'm not for them. Yeah. So they, they can have another person doing that, but I don't think you're going to find someone who has enough drive. Like I do, to be honest, because yeah. like, I take it serious. Like I want, who doesn't want a good video part in a video? Or yeah. You do tell your roots. Yeah. You like, yeah. But it's just like, not serious enough to where like, I'm like, so like mean or this, like, no, it's just like, if I'm going to put myself out there, I want it done at a level where like, 
there will be ridicule, but at least people will be like, at least he's doing something. Yeah, that, if if you're going to do something, you're going to do it. Yeah. Like, a lot of people, they like to just talk and say they're going to do something, but you're really one that really is like, all right, that sounds cool. Let's do it. Let's do it. And like, actually. Yeah, like when you and I make a video, like straight up, like everyone's like, oh, how do you have time to do that? I'm like, when you work with someone who gets it, we don't need a lot of time, but we just need angles and we have need ideas and you need to listen to each other. Which is like pretty easy. Yeah. You know, when but, you all both understand and have a similar vision of where yeah. you want to go. And yeah, yeah, for those of y'all who don't know, um, if you've seen my The Opening Act and Plantation Wishes video on YouTube, go check those out if you haven't. Those were both shot by Ray over here. You know, he get all the angles, you know. And, and more than that, um, I just see him as at least an asset to you know, where I'm going and what I want to do in the in the sense that, you know, our ideas, you know, our energies, our frequencies, we're, we bounce ideas off of each other all the time. All so the time. It's like iron sharpening iron with creativity. And, and, you know, that's, I feel like the greatest thing that not only for us, but for that society needs right now. You're like, you need people like this in the same room um, challenging each other and, and trying to create the best thing like we got you know a lot of stuff in the works I got this uh you know music video that I want to use it he got this red van I want to use it in the music video and it's gonna like like you said we said we've been talking about all this is DIY this is all shit we're doing alone the last two music well I'm about to put out Benji face but last two music videos um I've shot on my phone like this is all like doing this with things with equipment that most people have available to them so it's all about making those sacrifices and asking yourself if you really want it you know and I think that's something Ray has proven to me um time and time again is that he really wants it you know whether we're going out and skating just trying to get part and I want to um talk to you a little bit about the what remains video part and um the filming and and what went into that and really the um and this can probably go into how you book your shows and all that. But your the first event I went to of yours was on the premiere of the video at um Emmaus Theater. So um he actually sold out this theater, um, show the video part. And I was like, man, that's really cool. Like that's no, really what I want to do, you know. And that's why I say it's like really an inspiration for me personally to see somebody doing this. And just saying, you know, there's people that's not going to take it serious, but there's also a lot of people and the people you should care about that really fuck with and are really inspired by it. So, um, one, yeah, how did you find Lost Souls? What What's the story there? How did you get to become the owner of Lost Souls Skateboards? And, you know, um, what inspires you to make all these, you know, very different, very old school type videos? How And, um... Before you answer that question, how, how have you observed skating, you know, skate culture and just everything with it change um, over the years? And, you know, do you like the direction where it's at right now? Uh, how do you feel about it? I mean, like the direction now is like, I can get down with like, I can get down watching a Nigel part, right? I can get down with like watching a Tyshawn Hey, part. did you watch the latest parts? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's so it's cool. So, bro. It's, bro, especially Nigel, the fucking 50-50 yeah, up and down. The, yeah. I was like, so bro, what like, the fuck? Yeah, it's like I can watch those, and then I can watch, like, 
BG's part or like you's part, who's like completely different or like shout out to one of my main influences that inspire me is Matt Tomasello from Fancy Lad. Cause like you can use all these different levels at the end of the day, it's still skateboarding. It doesn't matter. Like yeah. you can do whatever you want. You literally can do whatever you want. I've watched you send us clips from Japan of him skating his board upside down and then Trey flipping a board upside down on like uh, the ground and flipping up and landing on his wheels. And I'm just like, you literally can do anything now. So it's just like, uh, I just realized that there's so many options that skating will always be cool. And like whether or not now is cooler than it was before, I just think like it's always going to be, I hate like trendy. It's always going to yeah. be like, people are going to f- follow it to like, I want it to look like, the 90s again or i'm gonna want to look into like the 80s again you know but like uh in my mind i'm just glad you like it because like some people they just can't stop thinking about it just like me and that's when i can get down with the conversation because i'm like all right you might be wearing like ridiculous gear but then you look at me and you'll be like well you look homeless because your gear looks all thrash but like how do you feel about like hype beast and, and posers like well i mean you about it I watch a lot of hype beast online, and a lot of people don't think I do uh, research or I watch stuff. I watch shit all the time. Like I rarely watch t- TV. I rarely watch Netflix, Hulu. I mean, it's just like I I can't watch the like my bad for cutting no. you off, but I can't watch like shows too much. Like I, if anything, I'm always watching YouTube and just like if I'm watching a video, it's almost like studying the video and like. Yeah, you're studying angles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm doing when I watch people's skate videos. But but with like shows and shit, it's like I look at the shit and it's like I feel like one, I've watched everything good already. And two, it's like I have so many movie and show ideas that it's like, dog, I need to make this because there's nothing good on Netflix right now. And somebody the the people need a good Netflix show right now. But um yeah yeah i I definitely get where you're coming from with that it's just like the every generation every so so many years stuff's going to change and if you can't accept it then maybe it's not for you but you have to remember to be true to yourself i always say like i don't dude you can always get down with us on the squad you get in the car you come to our spots and you skate i'm not judging you at all you know what i judge i judge you if you talk a lot of shit and then you don't get in the car. And then you're like, well, why was I when the why why wasn't I in your video? And I was like this. Never came. You, you never came. I film everyone. I don't care what you look like. I don't care who you are. I don't even care male, female. Like it doesn't matter to me. If I think you you should feel like hyped when your friend is holding a camera with a big ass fish eye, and you're like, damn. So when I had like what remains as a project. I talked to everyone on the team and I'm just like, all right, this is our deadline. You have two years to film. I will be with you as much as I can because I want a good video part two. But at the end, my friend Tyler on the team, Sasuke, he was just like, yeah, like I want to look back on these memories. And that's what a video part is. Like, yeah, your, it's your memories of this. Uh, it, it could be each trick you'll remember where you were, uh, what happened that day um it's just like you can remember so much from that but it's also like for me it's just like my resume like I want people to look at it and be like 
damn, like he was always out while like I just went to the local park and sat yeah. there and fucking smoking and being dumb and sitting around doing nothing. I'm like, yeah, I went filming because I can't go filming all the time, but I have certain days where I'm just like, this is what I want to do on my day off. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, but this like doing what remains is like a lot of people are like, ah, well, like your video is different or like Thrasher. I mean, Michael Burnett wrote me and was just like, well, not every video makes it on Thrasher. That's what he wrote me. And I just wrote him back. I was like, well, not every video is like ours. And I was like, I'm not mad at you, but I'm just letting you know back when I was a kid and we were both kids because Michael Burnett's old like me. I was like, we didn't like have those standards or we didn't have those things where we're like, you shouldn't doubt what it is before you even watch it. Are we the biggest thing? Hell no. Am I making millions? Hell no. But do you know what? Like I'm doing something and like that should be shown. That should be shown. And like the guys, everyone on the video, everyone on the team knows like we are not, we making this hugest impact ever, but you should just be proud of a project. Like when you watch it at the end of the day, you're going to be like, dude, that was sick. Like that was what we did for like those, that time. And like, yeah. and I, I feel like y'all make the, the biggest impact because you know the only real impact you can make is local you know and and i i see like locally you know the skating community people love lost it so skateboards like people love you know you ray and just everything you do for the community and while there might be a lot like a lot of hate that you hear or a lot of you know wishwashiness that's is what's going to live on you know um, you were just talking about your resume and that's what how I kind of you know for my YouTube videos I'm like sometimes it takes so long for me to edit a video because I'm like I want this to be really good because I want yeah. when I have movies out then they'll come watch these videos from 10 years ago and be like damn yeah. these shits was good this long ago yeah. and it's like you know when you like really care about the art of something the art of what you're doing you don't want to half-ass it, whether that's a video part, whether that's a trick, whether that's a song, whether that's a painting. You want to, you know, convey what you were trying to convey and, and put that in there. And, um, you know, I feel like you you definitely did that with, with what remains. Yeah, because, like, I want a video that's different. That's what I want. I want to show you that, like, you don't have to go to certain schools. You don't have to go to certain spots. It's like the world is a spot. You know what I'm saying? Like you literally, I mean, I literally just the other day, I drove by a building literally 300 times in the last three years. I can, I'm not lying. It's right by the grocery store. I would never even imagine. It took me to like pull up to it and walk around and look. And in broad daylight, people are staring at me because I look like a weirdo who's staring at a wall. But I saw something that no one else saw. And I was like, Yo, I'm gonna fuck with that. Like, I'm totally gonna figure out a way to skate this, and I don't care what anyone else thinks. And I'm gonna film myself. And like, most of the time, if I do any of like my YouTube clips or like some of the clips that I do for like Instagram, I have film for myself because I have like such a different schedule. I can't call a homie to be like, "All right, meet me here mid afternoon." Like, I already worked like five, six hours in the morning while you all are sleeping. All right, just meet me now. Come out of work. I'm just gonna film myself. So you just like. Like you said, what remains is just a different skateboard video that I want my friends to be about. And like, it was so sick is because 
in three months, I found finally a girl skater that like I thought was like, if she gets in the car, uh, I'm going to show her how talented she is because she doesn't see it in herself yet. And I can tell by someone's work ethic if they can do it. And sometimes it's just, it's like, I can kind of see, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm going to be like, oh, you should do this or that. But I'm also going to be like, you should challenge yourself a little bit. Because like, you know, you can do it. You're just a little scared. We're all scared. But I don't think like, I'm going to crash every time I try something. I just think I'm going yeah. to make that shit. You know what I mean? Because I like, think that's where that confidence comes yeah. in. So to have a girl, like her name is Kylie, and she was so nice and so cool. That, but she got in the car. All these grown-ass men straight up were like just complaining about not being in the video. And I'm like, she got in the car, dude. She went on skate trips with us, and she didn't care. She just did her own thing. She did it at her own level. She wasn't trying to impress anyone. She's just skating. It's all about me to figure out the camera angles. That's my job. My job is to film and inspire and remind you that yeah you got that shit like there's no doubt in my mind you got it but you have to have the confidence that i have i will see you make it before you even start because i just know you got it and if you have that confidence it's not like it's just like uh try to say like i'm just like oh i'm indestructible i'm like no but if you have that thing of like if it's in your head that you can do fucking anything you want if you just know you got it it's just like you'll get it yeah and like it's like it's like a proven fact so for her part she filmed in like three months and she tried her ass off and i was like you deserve to be on the team all these dudes are gonna hate on you who are in their early 20s mid 20s that are mad as fuck that you're on this team but you met up you even like skated to meet us sometimes or she got dropped off by her parents and then re-picked up by her parents but i'm like she was there i mean christ she skated Yo, she skated a slippery ass spray painted quarter pipe in the rain because she was just like, I want to be a part of a company that does something. And she did a trick in the rain on slippery paint. And when she landed, I was like, how do you feel? It was her smile, man. It's that smile. It's that like joy that like, to me, it feels awesome because you should feel that. You know what I'm saying? And then I'm like, all right, let's get in the fucking car because like, it's like raining out and I'm going to ruin my camera if it gets wet. But I'm just like, yeah so like to do a video in so many years i didn't you know you don't make a lot of money on a video uh but you make an impact and that's kind of what i was like i want people to remember always about lost souls it's like you can do this stuff with bare minimum supplies you can make your own spots you can look at the world differently i mean a lot of people who are skateboarders will always uh, always know that like we look at the landscape very different than your average person yeah the whole world your skate park so when you're looking at the whole world like your skate park you gotta figure out what tricks you want to do and how you want to do them and that translates to everything yeah and i also learned a lot from like skating the streets is like you, you learn to meet people you learn to talk to people and like it's kind of like you're like, I don't know. It's like you're also like running around and trying to you know break the law by like trespassing or whatever. I mean, like for me, I'm in my later forties, filming and skating off of roofs and stuff. But like that's my shit. Like that's what I love. Literally falling off roofs. Yeah, falling off of roofs. Like, but it's just like that's what I want. And like, but do I go up there thinking I'm gonna crash? 
hell no. I psych myself up. I tell myself I'm going to make it as soon as possible. But I just know, like, in life, like, I'm going to fall. I'm going to get fucked Bro, up. this crazy-ass dude, um, he convinced me to skate a roof one day. Yeah, because I, I told you you could do it. Yeah, and yeah. you were like, I can do it. And I'm like, that's what I saw in you. So I was just like, you can do – it's not like I'm pushing you and saying, like, you must do it or you can't get in the car. I'm not like that. No way, you can get in the car. But you will feel mad good with yourself at the end of the what day you when you're like, yo, dude, I at least got up there. And I rode down, and that is something you'll never – I mean, to the day you'll die, you'll remember that session. You and I barely knew each other. We went out and skated, and you were on some roof, and you literally almost fell off. But yeah. it's just like, that's awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah you got the story. Yeah, and that's what's going to last. A lot of people are going to be like, no way. And it's like, I got a video, too. Yeah, and yeah that's it. And yeah. I helped you film it. So, like, what remains was like, you know, and and – like when I think of a project, like what remains, it's like lyrics from a song. So uh, there's this band mouthpiece that that's where the lyrics come from. There's a song called, uh, they have a song called what remains and their lyrics are what remains is more than words. And to me, that's what I'm doing. Like at the end of the day, this is more than words. It's all your heart. It's all like your vision. And if you don't have it, that's okay. But you can't doubt someone who wants it. You know what I'm saying? And who does have it. Yeah. Or even if you, I mean, I think, how to to what extent does the the doubt drive you? To what extent the doubt? Why does it push you to make something of yourself and to keep going? Um, does it have any effect on you at all, whether negative or positive? I mean, I always have doubt in like if it's going to be perceived a certain way. Or or, or I mean, or like mainly the doubt. It um your others gave you like people doubting you not believing in you thinking it's dumb like oh i've heard that for pushes years. you yeah that kind of, it does though i i can't say like it doesn't bother me it does and sometimes i need i need a really good like you suck or like you're awful you're lame i need i kind of need one of those because i get then i get like a little bit of a spark but it's mostly like i just keep doing what i do and that's it but I do love a good hater once in a while because I'm like, I kind of need you around. I need a hater around to say like, I think your shit's whack or you're dumb because I'm like, fuck, I'm going to I'm gonna show you what's up. Like, oh, yeah. you, you show you show someone in my age still doing stuff and still happy and still producing. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll, I'll accept that. But right now, like, I need you to hate on me because I kind of need that little, little bit of a spark. And it goes a long way sometimes. Yes, I mean, it doesn't sir. last the whole time. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, yeah. But it can really get you going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about, you know, you were talking about Japan earlier. You had an art show in Japan. want to definitely hear a little more about that. But I know you were in the military. Um, You want to tell us a little bit about that? How was, you know, being in the military? How long were you in the military? Where did you go? Where did you end up? What I mean, basically, yeah, branch. I was in the Navy. So basically, like, yeah, you don't know a lot about this. So my home life was pretty bad for like 18 years. And my mom, and I'm not exaggerating, it was like very physically mean and brutally like I don't know. When I hear when I tell stories to some people, they're just like, I'm surprised you didn't. I'm like, yeah, I didn't go that route. I just I knew what was wrong and she had her own issues and she just took her frustration out on me and I hated it because there's no one else around I have a brother and sister but it's like I'm the one who stepped in front of him to get 
hit. Like I'm the one that was like, no, take it out on me because they didn't do anything wrong. But like, as, as weird as it is, I have thicker skin. So I was like, you can just say whatever you want. You can beat me, punch me, slam my head into the walls, like do whatever you have to, but like, don't take it out on them. They don't deserve it. So, but yeah, it's just like, after high school, I was so frustrated. All my friends were going to college. I had no money. Uh, my inheritance was stolen from me from like my dad passing away by my mother. And I just was like, I want out of here. I want to be, I, I was like, I want to as far away from the U S as possible. And I just went to the recruiter. I went to a neighbor recruiter because I almost joined the Marines, but I went to a Navy recruiter and I said, I want to go as far away as possible. I hate here. I, I need to grow. I need, I'm like dude from the suburbs who's like mom was super protective and like didn't let me do anything. And if she did, she was crazy militant. So it's just like, uh, I just want to go as far away as possible. So when they said Japan, I said, cool, I'll leave in February. And this was in October. And then I moved out, lived on a cot in someone's basement for like a few months, worked a gas station, mid like third shift. I worked in a gas station and it was awful just to make any money and enjoy my time. And then I was ghost. Like I just went to Japan for three years, two of which were back to back. And then I had to like, I grew up and like the service helped me like learn it like, what a real job was and like what real actions are and not like you can't no call no show you know what i'm saying like you got to be responsible for all your actions at all times so i was just like yeah i did that and then japan i just two years of me just cruising around and figuring out outside of work off the base like what to do it was just like i had to figure out i love skateboarding i mean back then in like 1995 to 98 skateboards in the u.s were not as expensive now but do you know how much my first board in japan was it was like 240 260 damn that back then it was so insane they they always been on skateboard yeah so they i was just like but i was like skateboard that makes sense why there's so many like cold ass skaters in japan oh everyone's been skating everywhere yeah but it's just like skateboarding is an international language so like while i was in the navy I still didn't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do any drugs. And to this day, I still don't do any of that shit. But when we would pull into ports, I'd be like, I have my board. And I would just go cruise around by myself or a few of my homies that skated. We would go around and you just meet people who have a board, whether or not they speak the verbal language or universal language of skateboarding. So like the Philippines, Manila, I skated, Sydney, I skated, Australia, um shit in like Saudi Arabia I skated Korea I skated like I skated all these spots and then like five to eight years later they all end up in a magazine but it was just like back then it was just like we're just going everywhere Dubai it's like literally skating in Dubai and like work boots like just to skate while I can so uh but yeah it was just the military was a good time to grow up kind of learn about myself and then there was a few people there who watch me get like punished for stuff that wasn't right you know what i'm saying so like there were some guys that were like straight up bullies that were like you know officers or like uh there's like a couple that were like maybe a little bit higher than me in positions but they would harp on me mad hard and i was just like i'm not gonna let you win uh, i think this one senior chief one time told me uh 
if you don't drink this beer, I'm going to make your life living hell for a year. And I just looked him dead in the face in front of the whole staff and said, I'll see you tomorrow. I'm not drinking it. And I shoved it in front of him. And then he made me paint elevators for a whole entire year. Every single day of work, I painted an elevator covered in paint. Paint was always in my hair, underneath my nails. How they have that many elevators? That's it, crazy. No, it's not that many elevators. He just made me redo it and paint it. Imagine doing a job where you paint the house and you get done with the house. And then the guy goes, okay, now strip it. So then you strip all the paint in your house. And then he goes, thanks, now paint it. So then you paint it and you're like, all right, I'm done. And he just goes, nah, I want you to strip it all the way again. And then you strip the whole entire thing. So just imagine doing that to an elevator. So I do that to an elevator and you repeat it over and over the whole process. Strip, paint, strip, paint for a whole year. I painted so many. And then you're doing all this extra work. But in your mind, though, you're you're showing him that he can't break you down. Yeah, he can't win. He He doesn't have power over you. He has power. He is in charge. But you're not going to let him win because you have more mental power. He doesn't have real power over you. He has, like, you know, rank and and all this worldly stuff. But he he can't control you, and that's what people want to do. Yeah. A lot of the time, people feel like they have no choice, and it's like, you always have control of yourself and, and a choice of what you can do and what you'll allow to happen to you, you know, even in, you know, situations like that where he's being, you know, picked on by a commanding officer in, in the military. So he literally has to do this, but he still was able to win the battle in the long run. Yeah. I mean, there's another, that was one with one and another one, this guy, Another senior chief tried ruining me. He sent me to like, made me move my stuff to multiple spots in the boat over and over. And like, just after you settle in, just imagine moving an apartment. You move in an apartment and all of a sudden a landlord lets you sleep there for three weeks and goes, oh, you gotta go move to another apartment. And then you move to another apartment and you move all your belongings. And then you're only there for three weeks and you gotta move back to this one. And then you then you gotta go move over here. And then then you get moved to like, a place where everyone gets up at, at crazy hours and then waking up, waking you up because they forget that you're there. So like this one senior chief did that to me and he was so angry and so mad at his life that he was going to try and make mine awful. Well, I, I didn't let him win. I just did whatever he told me to do, but he didn't win our physical training exercises because we had this like big one you have to do like once a year. And I'll never forget it. He was like, such a fucking jock such a dork like outside of work i just want to pummel him but i wouldn't do it i wouldn't break down yeah and uh but i'm gonna beat him at his own game so what i did is you had to do like a physical exercise so it's just like pt training so you had to do so many sit-ups so many push-ups and then you had to run like a mile and a half in a certain amount of time so i i'll never forget like it was me and three other dudes with that senior chief and i stared them dead in the eyes and they said pick partners and i could have easily picked one of my coworkers, but i picked the senior chief and i was like oh i'm gonna pick you and he looked me dead in the eyes and he goes why do you want to pick me i go i just want to make sure you don't cheat i mean i'm gonna do the same amount of stuff you do but i'm gonna beat you in the race and this is a guy who like oakley hat oakley t-shirt oakley shorts nike running shoes and then you have me Baseball hat backwards, cut off sleeve band t-shirt, cut off camos and a pair of like Nike cross trainers that were so destroyed 
that I didn't give a fuck, but I'm just like, that's cool. I just told him, I said, eh, I'm just going to make sure you do the, you, you do it the right way because you're yeah. going to make sure I do it the right way. And yeah. I'm going to prove to you that I ain't no sucker. So like we did the same amount of push ups, same amount of sit ups. And I even stopped because I used to work out so much. I even stopped at the, the amount that he did and then just sat there with my arms crossed. And everyone's like, what are you doing? You can do more than him. I'm like, no, uh, we're just going to be even. And then when we go do the race, I'm going to beat him. And then that's, that's just how it's going to work. And then this guy was like, you think you're going to beat me? And I was like, no, I'm going to. I go, I'm not saying it. I'm going to beat you because you love running. And I'm going to beat you at the one thing you love. And it's going to drive you crazy because you've tried to ruin my life for this last year. And I'm going to prove you wrong. So everyone's there. I remember doing all this stuff and like uh, we go to do the run and it's a mile and a half and we're running and I let him get like about 30 feet in front of me to make him think that he's going to win. And I'm running and I'm kind of gasping, but uh, in my mind, I started replaying all this stuff that he was doing to me for the last year. And I have never felt a rage so hard in my entire life. And I fucking blew past the other two dudes that I was running with. And I blew past him. And I went all the way to the finish line. Got it. Beat him in his game. He's standing there. Oh, that was a great run, Gers. Like, yo, that was awesome. So let's like, let's go back to the boat. And I was like, what? And he just goes, yeah, I'm going to drive us all back to the boat. And I looked him dead in his face. And I said, I'd rather crawl back to the boat. I, I would never, ever get in your car and deal with you. I'll see you back at the boat. So I walked back. All the other guys got a ride, including the guy who's doing the qualifications. And this fucking senior chief flipped out because it spread through all the divisions that I beat him at his running <laughs> game. And, like, he went nuts. He, like, snapped. He called off. Like, he we went back. He called off the rest of the day. He told the rest of the staff to leave. But they all waited for me. And when I got back, I took a shower. I felt fine. I took back. I walked through the hangar bay and I remember going up the stairs all the way up to our, our shop. And as soon as I walked in, everyone had started clapping and they were all like nodding and clapping. And I was like, yeah, that's what's up. Well, you can't break me. And I said, and I literally looked at everyone, including all the other chiefs and officers that are around. And I was like, and that goes for any of you else. You will not break me. I said, I will beat you at what you love. Just leave me alone. Let me do my job. And then everything was cool then. But I had to get to that point where you like you have to prove to yourself yeah. that you're something, but also you're going to prove to everyone else, like, stay the fuck out of my path because I'm gonna run you over. Yeah. And I think a lot of people they're afraid of confrontation. So <laughs> like they'll let people walk all over them or just do whatever. And it's like, bro, you know, at some point push is gonna come to shove. So. Yeah. And I like I, I hate to say it, I enjoy confrontation, but it's also like why hide behind a phone texting or like why like yeah like everything can be fixed you know what i'm saying or if there's a problem it can there can be a solution whether you like this the and and then result there's going to be a solution to a yeah. problem so it's just like yeah confrontation is cool with me it's just like you just don't catch me on a bad day that's all i really ask yeah um you know you're you're listening on some of the countries that you found friends uh, skating in, you know, on damn near every single continent except Antarctica. And I wanted to ask you, you know, going to all these places, whether it was for the military, just skating or whatever it was for, how has that, you know, changed the way that you viewed the world and shaped the world, especially, you know, 
being in the military and, you know, I don't know if you ever had like that American complex of like, yeah, America, this is military or whatever. And seeing all these people from different places and realizing through skateboarding that, you know, we're not that different. Like, no, hell no. And that's the thing, like, I think it bothers a lot of people. Like, I fucking hate racism. Okay. I hate it so much. I, I, I have, I, because in the military, I've learned to like love. You have to work and love everyone to make everything work, okay? And if we're all drowning on the boat, we're all going to be reaching out. We're not going to be like, Matt, I'm not going to I'm not going to be like not put my arm down because you're a different color or like that would be crazy. I mean, it'd be crazy, but that's how some people some think. Some people would do it. Yeah. Some people would. And that's shitty. Yeah. So in my mind it's just like one for one, like let's go. I don't care. And even if I'm mad at you, I'm still going to be like you know what? Fuck that. You don't deserve to drown. Give me your arm. So I would pull you up. You know what I'm saying? And that's what like I learned with that in the military. It was just like, I can get down with anyone. And like you're going to have to like learn that like not everyone's gonna think the same way or whatever. But it's just like we all can get along. I mean, we literally can. And that's when like I strive to find those different styles of people for like lost soul or whatever, or like people are always talking to me that I've never met before, but it's like, maybe I just want to talk to someone, you know what I mean? Like guitar Gary is a homeless guy that like hangs out at paradise in my one skate spot. But it was just like, I could have ignored him like the rest of society. But do you know what? That's not cool. Would I want to be ignored if I was in that situation that he is where he doesn't have nowhere to live and has no money. And is this, dying is to talk to someone for a day i'd be like i feel like fucking shit exactly so it's like it's okay to reach out so i mean like people think that like i mean you can't always think about other people's perceptions about what they think of you even though it can bother you a little bit but it's just like you can literally make a difference by just opening up your mind and like when you go to these different places it's like you will have something in common because you know uh, it might not be a sports team and not might not be a, a favorite meal, but it might be like, oh, I can get down with that idea this way. Or like, and you know what? I was thinking that too. Like we should try it this way. So Yeah. And I think that's what's like cool about the world. It's like that whole um it's a small world type um theory complex. And it's like when you can go across the world or halfway like when you can go to a place where nobody speaks your language and like still have things in common it kind of makes you realize that like this life is simple like we just make it so hard and complex like the world really is small but we're trying to make it so big and pull whatever differences out when you know no matter how we look what language i speak we have the same idea and we're on two different time zones on two different continents halfway across the world from each other so i think like you know, that's really cool that, you know, you just, that that's, you know, the shit you gained and shit. Yeah, I mean, I learned a lot from that. Like, you know, you come from, like, the suburbs. You come from a mostly uh, predominantly white area when you're growing up. And then you get thrown in the service. And I'm now, like, shit, some of my best friends were nowhere near, like, anyone I would ever talk to when I was younger. I mean, like my one best friend his name was outlaw he's from chicago nice dude but it's just like we all have hard lives but like do you have to really like lie on that is like 
because I always hate like people are always talking about color or like this and that with each other. I'm like, it just drives me crazy because like to me, we all bleed the same. You know what I mean? We're all bleeding the same. So like that's all I see. I don't care who you are. Like you want to get down with the session, you want to sing in the band, you want to do this and that. Like, come on over. Like I, I have no judgment. All I have is judgment against people who talk shit about being like lazy and like that's a shit that like really burns me like laziness and anyone who like is just like a procrastinator even though i am sometimes yeah. i get mad at myself mm-hmm. but just do stuff what you can you know what i mean like it's kind of that simple yeah um you know i wanted to ask you about uh you know music you know you say you were in a bunch of bands uh, growing up um, whether those are bands you started or just joined, you know, what just bring me through your path of music, how you found on rock and how, why you started playing in bands and, and, you know, how music just helps you in your day-to-day life and, you know, release that energy, that stress that is sometimes taboo to even yeah. do, do in real life. Well, like, I think in high school is when I started hearing about punk music and that was like, Gorilla Biscuits, Youth of the Day, all this like positive straight edge hardcore and stuff. So then like we all mimic that. We all like some of my best friends from high school I'm still really good friends with now. But it's just like the energy of like if you've never been in a band, just imagine closing your eyes and imagine you surrounded by a band while you're singing your favorite song in the car and you're blaring it and you're screaming your head off. It's like the like it's one of the most coolest feelings. So like in high school I had a band and then even in the military I tried doing a band with some people on the boat, like literally recording music like DIY and trying to figure it out and then doing that and then coming home and doing bands. And then I think like Carpenter Ant was the first band where like 2000 and 2007 where I was like, I just want to play skate rock music. It's like mix of like 90s hardcore and then like I want to make live shows awesome and i also want to make everyone have a good time and it didn't matter what gear you wore like everyone was like kind of it still it sucks but even back then in 2000 2007 everyone's still like judgmental so it basically be like a hipster kid would be mad at another kid but like during our set it would just be like everyone fucks with running around in a circle pit screaming and hollering lyrics so it's just like i became so in love with doing that stuff that like you haven't had that chance yet Tommy but but like when we played this one song for our last time ever for the band in seven years where it's just like your anthem where it's like the song so uh there's a song called addiction by Carpenter Ant and that was like my lyrics and it's just like when you have like in a room in a warehouse that's totally illegal and you have 150 to like 160 people screaming the words over top of you screaming. I even put them, I, I had his held the mic out. I even, it's like everyone losing it at that one moment in that room where you're looking around and you're just like, everyone's so juiced. You see people, I mean, if you would have seen this, you would have lost it, but people were like diving off of like anything you can imagine. People were ripping each other's shirts just to get to the front to finish these words because like, it means something to you and that's what music should mean it could be like i like this song because it's cool or whatever but sometimes i write lyrics because like i want them to mean something and i'm not just rambling off like 
yeah because like carpenter it's like what is it uh see those marks in your back feel that pain in your shin this is daily routine man and like people were screaming those lyrics and then it was just like the time has come for you to put forth all your worth uh breaking those barriers and like it's just like that meant so much to me then and then i just kept on getting so stoked on music that like all right one band ends then the next band starts and that was like fresh meat and that was just like super fun and then where where do you come up with the names for these these bands well since i'm the one that usually does come up with them it could be like modern day stuff like i mean carpenter ant i just I don't know, I was just looking at some random stuff. Fresh meat, I was just randomly walking by like a produce section and I was trying to think of something weird to call a band because I didn't want it to be like like conventional and traditional song titles or song names. Um, Bad American came from, that was a band I did for a while, but that song title came from a skateboard trip where we stayed in a hostel in Barcelona for a week skating and these girls from France uh, who had knives told us like you better stay away they literally like had switchblades and they were like we'll stab you or fucking cut your throat if you touch us and we're like yo we just we're here on a skate trip we want no trouble and then they said well you americans are really bad so like your your people are bad so you guys are like bad americans and we're like no no no. but that's how that band title came from a trip in barcelona uh tile that was a really awesome band i missed doing uh, but that was just from looking at the ground at work. I was so pissed. <laughs> I was so pissed at my job that I was like, "Why am I here?" And then another favorite one of my bands is called Air Conditioning, which is like noise, and it's like really cool. But I was like, "What well, could be like a really very straightforward name?" So then I was so tired a day. I, I remember like uncrossing my legs and just looking down with my hands on my head, looking straight down the ground. I went, "Tile." Oh, there it is. <laughs> that's how i just figured out the name of the band tile so now with like wipes is like our new thing and like you know in two years i took a band with two other friends and made it into something it's just like wipes came from uh i got so sick and tired of wiping my hands during covid that i was just like <laughs> damn i'm just gonna call it wipes because like i just like the way it sounds it's like and i do like tons of research on stuff so yeah it's just like yeah finding those names uh it's exciting you know what i mean yeah a, a lot of people they use music um as therapy in a way whether it's um the artist who makes it oh, big time. or just people just um listening to it how how has music been therapeutic in your life you know i mean it's great i love making music i mean shit i i get a I get therapy from you making music and me helping you choreograph stuff or think about like beats. Cause like, I don't know, like Rick Rubin is one of my hugest inspirations. So like he hears and notices certain things and I can tell that he's happy about it. And that's what makes him happy. Even though I never met him in person, which I'm down for if he wants to come out from Malibu. Yeah. You feel me, Rick? But anyway, yeah. <laughs> No, because I feel like you can get down with like those people. Like, who doesn't want to be part of a think tank that where like everyone's like always like, an idea. Yeah, nonstop. Like shit's cool. But um, yeah, it's just like sorry, what was the question? Um, I was saying, like, how has music been therapy? Okay. To you, yeah. Therapy. So yeah, he uh there I think like 
I write a lot of, I think once I write it down, it's out of my head sometimes and it feels good. Yeah, same. That, yeah. That's like, once like I put a thought or feeling into a, a song, it's like, all right, well, now it's on the song. I almost feel silly for feeling the feeling because it's like, I literally just made this song about it. So you know why you're feeling like that. Yeah. Or sometimes you don't, but it like, it makes it easier because you're hearing it. And you're like, oh, I'm not crazy for feeling this because I was able to make it into a song and I relate to the song. Doesn't matter if anybody else does. I was able to convey this feeling or these thoughts and the words, which means that they have some validity. Yeah. And I think like, I mean, therapy shit, some of those songs like. Song, um, there was the one um i don't want to do this anymore oh i don't want to be here anymore oh yeah yeah, yeah, I like yeah, yeah. from wipes yeah. yeah so like that one okay that is very therapeutic so imagine like every situation that you don't want to be in you're just talking about it now so to me i'm i'm like i hate to say it like music is like talking to my therapist but my therapist isn't sitting up there with a clipboard or staring at me weird it's just I'm just gonna write I'm just gonna straight up write what I don't like about something you know like, yeah. and uh it works wonders I mean when my aunt died a long time not too long ago but she, when she passed it was really hard on me because she was my main supporter she called me every Sunday at 10 o'clock at night and be like how was your week tell me what you did that's awesome I love you so much all right and it was the best 10 minutes and I look forward to it so much but when I wrote a song about her passing away I was just like damn when I sang that song I like loose dude like I almost broke my bass every time because I couldn't stand it's just like the therapy from letting that those emotions out like I'm just not singing about like hanging out with the homies or I'm just like drinking and getting stupid I'm just like sometimes the coolest songs are kind of about like not even breakups but it's this emotional shit that's just like really bothers you yeah, and it, it feels it, sick and sometimes, like, the best songs, the coolest songs, most impactful songs or powerful ones is, like, the ones that are about a singular emotion or singular event. Yeah. Like, like, I, like, I know a lot of times with my songs, like, I try and, like, touch on a lot of different things. But, like, some of my favorite songs that I've made or just heard are ones that, like, it's talking about one thing, one feeling. Yeah. Like, um, I like I really like rock and and you know just um that line of music, just because like you can do so much without having that many words. Like yeah. you don't even need that many words. You just yeah, I'm need... not the most talented person either. Like I'm not like the best musician. Like I refuse to play bass a little bit more advanced because I'm like this is not me. It's always been like stripped down. That's just how it is. But like. I wrote a song called Father. You can check it out. It's like a tile song. I helped choreograph the music video we played. And I was like, I was running about my dad. I fucking miss my dad. He passed away a long time ago when I was a kid from a drunk driver. And I was like, you just took away my life from missing that dude. So I'm just like, I'm going to write a song about him. Next thing you know, it's just like, I didn't realize, you know, sometimes our words impact others. And other people are feeling just as fucked up about losing a family member or something. So then they get like, damn, that's like a tight song. Cause like, it's just so simple, but you're just like very straightforward. I'm like, yeah, life sucks. Life's not easy. So when you lose people, it fucking blows that you love and care about, but you got to me, the therapy is writing a song. So like 
the one song about my aunt and the one song about my dad that passed away. It's just like, those are cool memories. And it's like, I will never, I can put that on and close my eyes and I will think of them instantly. And hopefully like, hopefully you'll get the same kind of emotion. I mean, you might not think of my dad, but what if you think of like, and those lyrics kind of remind me of like how much I miss said family member or any fill in the blank. So it's just like, yeah. So music is therapy big time. It's like mad good. No, nah, yeah. Um, how did you like first learn how to play bass? Like, how- I was, I, I just like, you know, it's so funny. I like laugh at it because someone said one time when I was at the tattoo shop, I was at a tattoo shop called Foundation Tattoo. I was hanging out and these two guys, a guitar player and a drummer, were just hanging out and they were complaining. I shit you not. They were complaining about how hard it is to start a band. And I was just like, are you serious? Like, I do this band. I go, I don't know. What do you need? They're like, we need a bass player and a vocalist. I went, okay, um, I have a bass. Can I just like plug into the PA? And they're like, yeah, I go, okay, cool. Um, I have no chords. Do you have extra chords? Like, yeah, I'm like, I'll be back in 10 minutes. I raced from the tattoo shop to my house grab my shit, came back down. And I said, I want to do music like this. And I just started strumming Tommy. I had no idea what I was doing. Huh. And to this day, I still like play minimalist enough, but I mean, obviously I've gotten better with rhythms, but back then I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't even know what tuning meant. So like tile started in 2006 and that's when I started playing bass dude, I don't even know what to do. I was like, I don't even know what any of these buttons are, but let's, all right, fuck, I'll just make music because it's sick and it makes me really happy. And then that's how I started. And uh, I used to angle my bass all crazy because my I made my own alphabet for the back of the bass, which a lot of people don't know. So I don't even have that bass anymore. I think I destroyed it and threw it away or something. Yeah. But I wrote my own alphabet and that's how I was writing songs. Like I was playing my bass, not tilted towards my chest tilted away and leaning over like this and i had no idea because i had my own alphabet on the back of the bass and i was just writing songs that way until once the guitar player is like why do you always play that way and i was like oh because like i have all the back of the bass i was like here's the back of the neck it has all the alphabet and they're like turn your bass like this and i went yeah and they go those dots mean odd numbers and i was like what those are odd numbers wait this is one, this is two, this dot means three. He's like, yeah. He goes, the next one's six, uh, the next one's like five, and then it goes to seven. And I go, are you serious? And then I just started like, it was new to me. It was exciting. It's like, when you can plug in and make music, it just it rules. So that's what like wipes. I was like obsessed about taking a project and making it happen, you know? Yeah. And well, how did you get this art show in in Japan? You know, like like I keep jumping everywhere in the, in this convo. So I, I know um our listeners are really gonna like this one, and appreciate this this pod, and we're definitely gonna have to get Ray Ray back on here. We're, we've been on here for almost two hours already, and it's still later? just um it's almost six thirty, and oh, shit. it's still just so much stuff you know to go through. But I wanted to ask you know a couple more things before we got out of here. Yeah how how did you get this art show in Japan, like this is, you know, a lot of people can't get, you know, art show up the street from the house. How did you, how were you able to put this on um, in, in Japan? Like, so it's not that easy uh, for one. Um, years ago, Magic Camera is a lost soul video that it was the first video where we had a chance to go to Japan and play it. 
and like people were like it was like this is like a while ago so people were like asking questions but while i was setting up i told my friend who was you in japan i was like hey you 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 son like how can we make this video cooler at this space and he's just like oh, can you do an art show and i was like yeah so they had this fence and we lined up the art but as i was lining up the art you'll see where this goes so as i was doing the art before the video premiere and everyone was coming in this is where the no judgment thing comes up someone comes up to me who's japanese and this goes uh can i bother you for a second and he says in like very calm and very quiet english and i go yeah and i'm getting ready to hang and i go yeah what's up he's like i heard you're in a band and i was like yeah so he's like oh, can i hear it i go yeah sure so i go can you give me your phone this is instagram i'm pulling up Bandcamp. pass it over to him i go this is me on vocals and bass i if you don't mind i'd like to finish setting this up and i'm down to talk for like whenever instead of someone being snot-nosed and arrogant and just ignoring someone i'm like he's a person dude so i'm just gonna talk to him well lo and behold we became kind of it was cool because he like helps touring bands in japan and he helps do stuff but he also has a girlfriend all right cool this girlfriend's getting ready to start open a shop so he waits years and we keep in touch letting know and then he just goes my girlfriend's opening up this shop would you mind if we buy some of your art pieces or some of your lost soul stuff for the shop so it's like a vintage shop it's called trope t-r-o-p-e and it's like pretty sick so then i was like all right so you send them a few things, you give them a deal. Cause like, I don't know. It's like, I'm just glad my stuff's over there. I'm not yeah. making a lot of money, but will they pay me for the stuff? Yeah. But who cares? Like, let's just do it together. That's what you're supposed to do. Work together. No matter what, what, what we are in this world, we should work together. So they're like super cool. And then I just started sending them a design here and there throughout the year to be like, here, if you need, like, like I rather support a small shop because I'm a small brand. So if I have a chance to like draw something that they find interesting, well, let them use it and let them get, like make money and you guys can work together. That's how a lot of things are. Like not everything has to be like super like, oh, you need to pay me all this money. I'm like, can't you just do something nice? Like, yeah. so that's what I did. And then Trope, year after year, they start asking. So then I mentioned to them last year, I was like, well, how about we do something or the beginning of this year, I said, how about we do something later in the year where like, I just like, you guys can just do like an art show and like, let's just small businesses work together. And that's what matters to me. I shop with all small businesses. I go to non-big chains. I refuse to like do all this stuff. I'm like support the blue collar people who are literally probably working three or four jobs just to make their living. And that's who I'm going to support. So um, her name is uh, Katakana and I said uh, no is it you know sorry that's that, that's the language it's Kanako sorry edit Kanako and uh, I asked her I said do you want some art pieces for your shop for like we can work together and like then you have something cool to like promote for December so Kanako was like yeah she just wrote me back it's like totally cool so we, from her boyfriend I met her and then her her shop and yeah how it all fermented and then yeah I don't know like I drew these pieces in a very bad time in my life and that was just recent but I was like I need to do something constructive because I'm gonna go fucking crazy thinking about stuff uh Matt you know Matt from Leipzig like yeah I don't know it was really hard like 
whatever so anyway is this like all right cool like i gotta do something constructive i gotta make some art pieces and like i have free reign so i came up with an idea of like a concept where i could do not everybody wants a gigantic art piece in their house so i just made small ones so i was like well what if i just send you like 30 small art pieces we'll split it and like if you want to make a design like she just posted like yeah the whole the yeah, apple the shirt. That, was yeah that was pretty cool yeah. yeah but like i don't know it's just like you can do all kinds of stuff like yeah i mean i did not go to school for art i just literally doodle and i've kind of like i have a thing i have a certain way to do stuff and i'm like yeah. that's what i'm into so like if someone else wants to use it and we can collab on stuff i'm like and it's like really signature too yeah. like you're well that's what you want yeah, like yeah. that's what you want like you want your like your your vocal patterns you want like your voice to be heard you want people to like damn that they're going to think about you immediately when they hear it. They don't even have to read anything, but that's what you want. So that's kind of what I wanted to do with like my style of, of art. I want you to look at it and you won't even have to see a paper that says Ray Gers. You'll just look at it and go, oh, that's Ray's. And that's oh. kind of what I want. You know what I'm saying? So thank God for her and uh, her boyfriend. Like they just hooked it up and I mailed them the pieces and the art shows up until the end of the year. I think until like Christmas or something. Yeah, that's fucking dope. Like, really international with it. Um, you know, before we got out of here, I wanted to ask you one more thing. Um, how did you get this whole idea for for a book? Like, oh, the children's book. Yeah, yeah. Where did that all come from? Like, where where did you get the idea, or where did you get the call from? Where you were like, I need to make a children's book. Well, a lot of people, we deal with all like types of people at our job. All right. So I work in a warehouse. I work for a very big shipping company and uh, we both do. And I've seen people who look really down sometimes and I don't like that. So I'm just like, yo, we're in this together. Like, let's make the best of it. Even if it's a hard ass job, there's no reason why we can't smile once in a while. So I took some receipt paper and I talked to uh, this kid named Jacob, Jacob Hackler. Totally awesome dude. And I started talking to him. And then I found out, I'm like, you know, I'm going to come visit you every day. I'm going to say what's up. And even though I'm not supposed to be over here, I'm going to say what's up for a couple minutes. And I'm going to go back to work. But I just want you to know, like, don't feel down on how shitty this place is. Like, we're all in this together. And he was like, cool. And then he started opening up and you get through conversations. And then he's just like, well, I have like a, I'm like, he's like, oh, do you have any pets? I'm like, yeah, I have a dog. And I'm like, what about you? And he goes, well, I have this cockatiel named ridley so i was like wait what ridley and he goes yeah it's awesome cockatiel so i'm like a cockatiel and i go well that's just like usually i expect a parrot or some shit but it's like a cockatiel so then next thing you know i was like well how about it's like jacob and ridley so like i leave and i go jacob and ridley that's kind of cool so i walk away and then I started making these little comics and I gave him a little comic of funny rhymes with doodles. I do like quick sketches and doodles. And then I would be like, well, this is. Well, yeah. I can't see, but th- this is. um. Yeah, you get the idea. Yeah, it's a he has action figures he actually made. So yeah. like, yeah, he's he not even telling you everything he, he's doing. But no. yeah, my but, no, no worries. So like I make him laugh every day. Do you know what it's like to make someone happy? It feels good. It feels awesome. It feels good when someone's looking so shitty and you can change that mood. And then you're like, because I've been there. I've been in a fucking, I've had awful days at work. 
someone says one joke and I'm like, thanks, dude. Thank yeah. Fucking God, I needed to laugh. I needed to laugh so bad. So I was giving these comics to Jacob on receipt paper from like my, my machine that prints out stickers. And they were very small. They were like probably like three and a half, four inches by four. And I was handing them to him every day. And then I thought of like, what if I just turned like this small receipt paper into like a bigger zine? You know what a zine is, right? So like, it's not a full magazine. It's a small half page. So if you take a eight and a half piece of paper and you fold it in half and then you open it sideways, that's how we made zines when we were younger for like bands and shows and flyers. So I was like, well, what if I just make doodles this way? And then, I don't know, maybe I'll just like take eight pages and I'll make a cover and make a bigger version of it. So I made four of them. I gave one to Jacob. I gave three others to people who had kids that had COVID babies or this younger, younger kids. And then the fourth couple who I gave it to, the fourth copy literally looked at me and said, I think you have something here that you don't understand. And I said, what was that? And they were like, I think this can go further than what you're just doing. You should probably do a children's book. Cause like your messages are pretty cool. And I was like, damn, that's all I needed. Someone to like push me and say like, you should do this. You should do this. And then I thought, well, if I can make art for my brand, if I can write rhymes, like I'm writing lyrics, what if I combine them? I can make a children's book. Oh my God. So I sat down and when in one week, I in eight, well, in eight days, I made eight pages, a page a day, all the lyric, all the, all the words, all the graphics. And then I found like a way of coloring them with watercolor. So then I just folded them up and then I asked my local library. I was like, I was asking everyone, I was sending messages to publishers. Like I have this idea. They weren't fucking with me at all. They thought I was stupid. <laughs> no, for real. Like they were like, who do you think you are? And I'm like, yeah. uh, I own a skateboard company. I kind of play music. It's kind of like a no brainer. I mean, like, yeah, whatever. We don't have time for this. But if you want to send us like two G's, well, we'll think about it. And I'm like, you want me to send you $2,000 before you even look at it? it to think about it? I go free. How about you need a bag of shit? Like for real. For real. So I, I'll never forget a phone call I had walking the dog. This company was like, so have you decided on this package deal yet? And I was like, yeah, how about eat shit? Like, I'm, I'm not going to do this. No way. I go, you're just trying to take advantage of me. I go, I'm not an idiot. I go, I'll figure out a way to do it. So what do I do? I go through my think tank in my brain and I go, oh, I just ask the local library. Like I played a show there, the... They seem like cool people. So I asked this guy, his name's Josh Burke from the Bethlehem Library. He's the executive director. I didn't know he was. I just thought he was due to work there. And I said, I have this idea. Like, I'm trying to get this book published and I kind of need some help. And he was just like, you wrote a children's book? And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of cool. It's like, and that's just something that someone told me to try. So he's like, but this was Tuesday. And he looks at me on me on the phone. And he goes, can you come in tomorrow? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I drew, after work, I just drove over there, handed him these eight pages. And I said, this is kind of like what I'm thinking. And he just looked look through it real quick. I'll never forget it. I'm sitting down, nervous as fuck. Like, I don't know what's going on. And he looks at it, sets it down, and he crosses his arms, looks at me, and he just goes, so, like, you drew all this and painted it, and then you wrote everything. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of easy, but kind of wanted to see, like, maybe I can figure out a publisher or like how to do something with this. And then he just goes, do you think you can double the amount of pages? And I was like, 
16. Yeah, why not? I think, yeah, it's pretty easy. I said, I do a page a day, sometimes two pages a day. And I still work a normal job and I still go out filming like, or I still go out and do band practice. I go, I can yeah. do this. And uh, he just goes, cool. I'm going to publish it through the library. Do you want to do like, all right, this is your first book. Jacob and Ridley head to the park. Where are your other ones? And I was like, I don't know. How about like, he goes, give me four more. And I go, okay. Uh, Jacob and Ridley start a band. Uh, Jacob and Ridley get a new skateboard at the local skate shop. I said, maybe Jacob and Ridley go to vegan treats to get like some vegan desserts or whatever. And like, I go, I, I want everything to be local. Like we all work together in this local community where it's like, I'm a local artist. I'm working with a local library, but yeah. I'm also promoting a local a business. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in a local band or like, and he just went, this is a great idea. Okay, cool. Put his hand out. He shook my hand and I went, well, what did I just shake my hand for? And he just goes, oh, I just gave you a five book deal. So we just do one book a year and uh, we'll work out the details later. And I literally was like, that's all it took. He goes, well, now you have to write the other eight pages. And I went, okay. So then I wrote the other eight pages and luckily I have a graphic designer friend and photog skate photographer and regular photographer, but my dude, Adam, Adam Novicki from Reading that I've been hanging out with that I was like, I need help, dude. Can I got this opportunity, but like, this is, this is, we, we can do this together and our names will get out there more, but like, we're going to leave something behind for everyone to see. And we're going to teach messages. And he was just like, I'm all on board. So that's just kind of how it happened. Damn, and like, good. yeah, it's kind of sick. Like, so it's just like, you're still taking your earliest ways of like, I can make anything happen if I put my mind to it because there's other people out there who want to be a part of it. Like there's always people who want to like, like me, like when you told me you wanted to do like music and I was like, all right, play me some shit. Let me hear it. All right, cool. All right. When you have this video. All right, cool. Do you need anyone to help you? Oh my God. I need someone. Help. All, right, all right, cool. Let's do it. Cause like I'm, I'm personally attracted to people who want to do things. Yeah. I don't want to sit around, smoke blunts, drink, get stupid. I don't, that's not my thing. I'm not into parties. I'm not in that shit. But I will drop everything to help someone go do something because, like, that's what people have done for me. So I know we're ending up, we're going to be yeah. shutting down for a bit. It's 6.30. We got to go to bed to go to yeah, work. We got work. Yeah. Uh, but that's how the book happened. You yeah. know, like, so. There, there, there was one more thing I wanted to ask. Well, I keep saying that. But, you but know, we'll, how. We'll make this one. This will be section. This will be episode episode whatever it is part a and then we'll do part b later uh, yeah actually yeah yeah i'll probably we'll save this, this um are you sure for the next time yeah, yeah i'll okay. save this but um you know thanks ray for for coming on here i wanted to um, ask you if th there was one thing you had to tell to the audience to the viewers whoever's listening there's one piece of advice just one to give to them what would you give to them to help them better themselves this upcoming year okay let me think about that. So better, better themselves for the next year. Or, or not even the next year, just better, better themselves. themselves in general. Yeah, for yeah, the rest yeah. Of and, their how, lives. and how they view the world and, and life. So like, what what one thing would you want people to remember about this conversation? Just, oh, okay. Just know. Straight up. This is, I just yeah. talked about this one yesterday. Never judge a book by its fucking cover. Okay. And that means anyone you know. That means anyone in like anywhere, you never know who you're talking to. 
you might meet these people randomly and if you just don't reach yourself out there to talk to someone you'll never get anywhere in this life it's not cool always to be i mean we all need some time by ourselves but it's also like never judge that book by its cover like there will be some of my friends that i have met through these years that like i might have never said anything to but i'm so glad i did and then also it's just like i've been attacked too by like i didn't judge the, this guy's character and he tried to roll up on me and mess me up but it's just like you just there's like so much in this life like so besides not judging a book by its cover it's also like i told this at work too you can obtain anything you want in your mind as long as you see them the beginning middle and end of anything and i've repeated it a trillion times if any solution or any problem you have if any project you're dealing with if you see the beginning the middle and the end you've already made it same with skateboarding you might not be able to get that kick flip you might not be able to get that heel flip for me it might not be able to get like uh, looking at a roof and thinking how the fuck am I going to get up there and like how am this going to drop in but if you can see the beginning middle and end you've already won you've, you're going to do it and this fucking self-confidence man have have some real self-confidence and I think you can enjoy this life yeah and you know I think those are Frankly, words to leave us off and live by right there. You know, um, again, thank you, Ray, for coming on. Gotcha, Sir, Tommy. you know, everybody's going to love this podcast, this conversation. You know, we get in the guests to come back on, trying to really um just get different perspectives out there, talk about different things and, and you know, get great people and build those connections and build that network. You're definitely going to see more of Ray um, in the future. If you want to see more of him right now, Make sure you go on um my YouTube. He's in a bunch of vlogs. Also, shout out, shout out your stuff. Yeah, um, so there's like there's a Lost Soul Skateboards Instagram. There's a Wipes Instagram, and then you have like what was what are the handles? Oh, uh, LostSoulSkateboards.com. I think it's like yeah, Instagram, and then Wipes.Bandcamp. W I P E S dot Bandcamp. Right. Those are also I'll put those in the description. As yeah, well. I mean. Then just search out Jacob and Ridley for a children's book. I mean, just life lessons that I think you can still cherish. I mean, yeah. shit. And and if they wanted to watch the what, what remains video, yeah, what remains is on YouTube. Uh, definitely, just it's on uh, Tyler's uh, YouTube channel. But if anything, you just search out what remains by Lost Soul Skateboards. You'll see it all on there. So I appreciate you guys listening. And Tommy, thanks for having me, bro. Yeah, bro. Thanks. Yeah. All right. This is MDH TV. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace. We out.